What's it like to go from the editor's chair to directing? Well, in today's video, we're going to find out. Today, we're joined by editor, assistant editor, director, and writer, Julian Doan. Julian was one of the earliest students to enroll in our flagship course, Feature Film Assistant Editor Immersion, and since then has gone on to work on some amazing projects, like Ballers, In Treatment, and Wild Wild Country. But most recently, Julian yearned to flex his creative muscles and wrote, directed, and edited his own short film, Raspberry, which was chosen to premiere and nominated for a grand jury prize at this year's Sundance Festival. And it's gone on to screen at over 20 others around the country winning the Best Narrative Short Film at this year's El Paso Film Festival. If that wasn't enough, Raspberry was just picked up by a major U.S. streaming company and will be included in a compilation of outstanding short films to be released this winter or early 2022. So we're super excited to welcome one of our earliest students and good friend of Master the Workflow, Julian Doan. So Julian, thank you so much for being with us. Really glad you, you're taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, first question I have is, when did you get interested in film editing as a career? I'd have to say, I mean, I went to film school at Long Beach State. You know, that was over like almost 13, 14 years ago now. But I think the first time I got interested in specifically like editing, I saw the movie Hot Fuzz by Edgar Wright. And that's like when I noticed that like the cuts were making me laugh. Um, you know, that, that the edits in that movie were like part of the joke um, and the humor. So I would say it was that. I would say it was that film. Who cut Hot Fuzz? That was Chris Dickens. Oh, Chris. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Slumdog Millionaire won the Academy Award. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, he cut, I think he cut Edgar's first couple of films. So uh, were you interested in filmmaking as a kid? I mean, obviously you must have been. You went to film school. I think, you know, around the end of high school, I grew up like in the kind of like jackass, you know, era and, you know, making skate videos. So I was a skater in high school. So it was like me and my friends were always making skate videos and make our own sort of like dumb jackass videos and starting off with, you know, these like Sony VX. Oh man, what were they called? I think the VX 2000. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had to buy like a Firewire card for our PC computer just to capture in like a higher res off of it. And we were using Windows Movie Maker and <laughs> throwing on all the cheesy transitions and stuff. So. I mean, I thought it was fun, but then I went to college and I sort of, you know, wanted to pick like a creative major. Um, I think I wanted to choose graphic design and they said, oh, those, you know, to go through their graphic design program takes like seven years. I asked how long the film program took and they said usually around four. And I was like, that sounds comfortable for me. <laughs> I feel like four years of college sounds good, but I'm glad I chose it because, you know, obviously I've grown to love it a lot and it seems like it's been the right path. I always like liked movies and i think it was just like a gradual process of like having an interest in like making them right right so how did you get your foot in the industry i mean what was your first gig out of college my first gig was doing this i don't know if i would call it like a film job necessarily but like i did quality control at sony for like their digital store like you know sure I essentially was just watching file, like watching movies and watching TV shows and making sure there were no glitches and stuff before they go up on the online store. So like while I was doing that, it was like a really flexible job. So I was just shooting my own stuff after school, you know, just like I was making a comedy web series with my roommates. And then something I shot, this was when like the DSLRs were coming out. And so 
I bought like a 7D and I was just shooting my own stuff in like low light, like chase scene with my friends just after we went to dinner one night through some other friends that I had had like in the theater program at Long Beach. And, you know, they were all working in the film industry already. A friend, Alex Hunter, saw something I made um, and he really liked it. So then he contacted me and like wanted to start working together and for me to direct something that he had written. And so we, we made a short film together and then long story short, we just kept like making just small things. And then we eventually got to the point where we co-directed this uh, zombie comedy short. And then we submitted it to Project Greenlight when they brought it back to HBO in 2014. Um, and we didn't win, which was fine because we didn't want to be on TV. Uh, but we got to like the finals right before right, we got to the finals, like right before they cut people off to go on the show. And then the production company contacted us after they wanted to make this show into like a digital series. So that was like the first time that was in 2015 or 16. And that was like the first time I got like paid, given money to, to write and direct something myself with with Alex. Yeah. So was, you actually you know, got into the business as a director and a writer before editing kind of happened. I guess I skipped a part was that I was actually cutting I was editing for like YouTube channels before that. Um, mm -hmm. I had gotten some work working for um, Endemol Beyond uh, through a friend. And so I was cutting a lot of like YouTube material um, as well as just, you know, cutting various like music videos and small music videos and commercials and things like that and short films. So there was just like a hodgepodge of stuff. But yeah, it was a lot of like, I think I had like a mix of directing, editing and like cinematography for a while. But I kind of chose like the editing thing after directing, like after I directed that zombie series is when I got my first assistant editor gig. Gotcha. So how did you pick up those first gigs like editing for YouTube channels and things like that? Um, you know, I think going to like a film school like helped because, you know, you start to just make friends with people and then other people start working in the industry too. So that's how I got like a lot of gigs to like make money. Like I was doing a lot of like ACing and like um, just getting PA jobs on commercials and things like that. But I think that the, the way I got the job at the YouTube company was, uh, Again, it was just through an old high school friend and we hadn't talked since high school. And then he now was getting into film and he had found his way into working with uh, Pitbull, the, the rapper. And so yeah. like he he saw he saw some stuff I, I had made and then he hit me up and that's how I got that job. So I feel like a, for me, a lot of the beginning really came from like people seeing like little things I had made myself. And a lot were from your, your, your like personal relationships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But sometimes like things I didn't, think they were going to pay. I mean, this was my friend Brandon Cruz. Like, I mean, you know, I hadn't talked to him since high school, you know, and then he contacted me like, I don't know, like, what was that? Five, six, seven years later. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes it, it felt it feels like sometimes these things take like a while to, to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's about patience and stuff. So you've worked on a bunch of shorts in a bunch of different positions. Uh, has that helped you as an editor or an editorial? Yeah, like going through college and then everything else, you know, I worked in at, at, at film school, like they really made us do like everything. Like we would pair up into groups or, you know, section off into groups of like eight people and then you would cycle through and you might direct one and then you do like, I was a boom op on another one and I was a grip on another film and stuff like that. So I think what I took out of that was that like after college, making my own stuff, I sort of knew at some level how to do everything. So it helped me be able to make my own stuff, you know, with not a lot of money 
and with not a lot of people because then it was just me and my roommates kind of taking care of everything. Again, it gave me an opportunity to make my own stuff. And then so I was always cutting my own stuff. You know, I didn't have like the money or the time to like hire someone else to cut. And I also like really enjoyed it. You know, I, I think being on set does give you a better idea, though, of like how to edit something, I guess. Like for me, yeah. I was always trying to trying to do it ahead of time in my head, like when I was shot listing stuff. Right. Yeah. It informs you about the whole process yeah. and what's involved and you know, a lot of, you know, what could go wrong and, and, and so on and so forth. So you've worked as an assistant and you've also worked as an editor. Is it difficult to go back and forth between assistant and editor for you? Does it hinder you in any way or, or what do you think about that? I think I tend, you know, the, the editing work I've gotten to do has been on, you know, more independent projects like my own work or short films and uh, music videos and stuff like that. I think the assist, you know, I got my start like assistant editing on independent documentaries. And then, you know, a few years ago, I kind of like had the opportunity to work my way up into like my first union assistant editing job on Ballers. You know, the, the assistant editing job, I've gotten to work at like a higher level of projects. So I just feel like, A, I just enjoy being around the process on those projects. And like, B, I get to like kind of absorb just like so much information and knowledge from the editors I work with and, uh, you know, the producers and everybody else I get to and the directors that I get to work with. And then I think I get to like try and take that information and apply it to, you know, the smaller projects or the stuff I'm doing on the side to try to, you know, further my own either editing career or my own uh, films I want to direct myself. I don't mind the switch. Right. So um, what is the difference in, in your experience between like a big, you know, scripted series like Ballers and then, you know, more of a documentary an independent documentary show like Wild Wild Country that you've worked on? Yeah. Um, well, Wild Wild Country, I was on um, kind of at the finishing stages of that project. Um, but, you know, it was a small team. There was like four people. <laughs> there was like the two directors, the producer, and then there was two assistants uh, and then the editor, of course. <laughs> uh, but it was it was it was tiny. You know, it felt like really fast and really furious, even though, you know, that project already had distribution and it already was going to play Sundance by the time I joined that project. But um, even the smaller documentary features I had worked on before that, you know, everything just felt smaller. Like it just felt like there's um, a lot more on the plate of the editor and the director. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot more like finding their story through the editing process. So sometimes they bring, it seemed like they would bring the assistant editor on for a few months and then they would you know sort of like let the assistant go and while they spend another however many months cutting it and then you know jumping on ballers was like this whole new there was like so much support it's like there's all of a sudden there's like you know a coordinator a supervisor like a post pa and then you know um there's other assistants and we can kind of help each other out and like i certainly got a lot of help with it being my first union show from the other assistants i worked with um right. And, you know, and, and there's like a camaraderie I really enjoyed, like just seeing more people at work, like, you know, having three different editors and like having the producers like in, in the hall with us and stuff like that. It was just like really, it felt like everyone was like constantly like working together to make this show. So I, I really enjoy that part of it. Very cool. Yeah. 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 That's fun. It's uh, it's, you know, the independent world and then, you know, whether it's documentary or not is 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 different because you know there's not a lot of money there and people have to watch every penny and can only bring people on for certain certain amount of times and then of course you talk about union versus non-union um you know it's uh, they're different worlds because of the money and uh you know and the resources they have 
I will say what I what I did enjoy uh, about Wild Wild Country, uh, especially was that like the directors were like there every day in the room, like you know from the moment I got in the office they were already there, and uh, you know when I left they were still there. So I thought I think there's that level too of of you know the independent doc world where it feels like um, it's you know it's so it feels so so vital to like the director um you know it's like their whole like livelihood almost like rest on this project so right you know, yeah I, I think there's i think there's elements to both that that are um enjoyable yeah i mean and also that's that's kind of like the way it is in features uh you know the a director might have you know been trying to get a project off the ground for you know five ten years whatever and uh they basically live the project you know so it's it's similar in that in that respect um so let's talk a little bit about uh directing did you always want to direct i mean was that sort of has that been your objective yeah um i did want to direct i think coming out of film school a lot of people want to direct and i i definitely wanted to when i graduated you know, and then I directed the zombie show, uh, Everyone I Love is Dead in, you know, 2016. And then after that, I started assistant editing. And I think to be very frank, I think the reason was I, I felt that, you know, to make like a, a sustainable career directing, like the kind of stuff I wanted to direct seemed really hard. Like I just didn't know, I saw that I would be able to get that. Um, and I thought that editing was like something I always really enjoyed and frankly thought was part of directing for a long time. So I sort of figured that like to get a career in like editorial seems a lot more sustainable. Um, yeah, and sure. I, I did find that it provided like a lot of the same um, like creative fulfillment that I got out of directing. And, you know, it it like lets you work on like such a wide variety of projects when like I didn't have like my own idea to, you know, constantly put out films throughout the year you know i didn't like have that much content in my head um right you know other people are like writing stuff for you to work on so let's talk about that tell us about your experience uh on raspberry uh your your short film that you got into sundance uh how did how did that come about how'd you make that happen so you know when i wrote raspberry i come off of, you know, working on Ballers for about six months. And then right after that, I was uh, assistant editing um, Glenn Scantleberry on Gia Coppola's film Mainstream. And I worked on that for about, um, I think, like nine months or something like that. As much as I love assistant editing, you know, there there's a certain creative fulfillment, again, that I had come back to again in terms of like, you know, the kind of me telling a story that I wasn't getting out of this projects. And so I, I wanted to try to do that, uh, you know, on the side. And um, I wanted to write something that was short enough. And, uh, you know, I had lost my father and I had written a lot of stuff about that. So I wrote Raspberry and then um, a few friends read it. And uh, long story short, we just like got the ball rolling. And in about three and a half weeks um, while I was working on mainstream and right before COVID happened, we we shot it uh, in a day. And, um, you know, the, the Sundance thing was frankly a total surprise. I, I, you know, I wanted to make a good film. I wanted to make a film that for me, this is a very personal film. And I wanted to do something that was like true to a lot of the emotions I was having and, you know, trying to tell like a story about loss that I just felt I needed to tell. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that just doing that gets, gets you into Sundance or anything, but I felt lucky that, you know, there were a lot of like gifted people who worked on this film and, and made it a great product and that it got that far. Yeah. 
Great. Absolutely. So what was the most important thing you think you learned during this process uh, about directing or about filmmaking in general? I think I learned to really, especially with Raspberry, I think I learned to really like trust a lot of my collaborators. The project was one thing when I wrote it. Uh, it it's very close to the final film, but like, in, but like after people started reading it, they started, you know, bringing all their own interpretations to it, like the actors and, you know, the costume designer, production designer, even the producers. And I think I just had to, you know, learn like to kind of like take what they were suggesting and also keep like the message of what I wanted to say true to itself. I think I learned that I really enjoy editing my own projects because it's on my own time schedule. It's a three page film. It's a seven minute short. And I think I spent like, you know, COVID happened. So we had a lot of time to just not do a whole lot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. I, I started cutting it, you know, in March, right after we shot it. And I think I locked it in like July or August. So it's like I spent like four months cutting the seven minute short film. But, you know, it gave me time to kind of like go in and tweak, you know, tweak little things. And, you know, I would kind of walk away from it for, you know, weeks at a time and then come back in and do a little bit more editing. And I, I find that, you know, when it's like your own project and like no one's kind of forcing you to finish it on on like a time schedule, there's a little bit of I don't know, there's a little bit of like, um, like coddling you get to do to it like creatively. No, it's nice. It's a luxury. Yeah. And uh, most of us yeah. wish we had that time on, you know, on our projects. It's always, you know, you're always running up against the clock. And let's face it, it's a creative process. And it needs time to, you know, simmer and incubate. And, and uh, often the project suffers because you have to rush it out and you have to um, make decisions under pressure. Um, not always, but, uh, but it's, it, like I say, it's nice to have that luxury. It's, uh, in, I hope you enjoyed it because, you know, once your career takes off, I don't know if that's going to happen that much. Is your goal to ultimately become a director? What's holding you back? Let us know in the comments. And if you've directed a film, paste a link to it below. And if you're enjoying this video, be sure to give it a like and subscribe to our channel. Now back to our interview. So has the experience of directing uh, this short, has it, has it changed your outlook uh, or your, you know, your ideas about your future career path? Yeah, um, I, I think getting to, you know, direct this film and then, you know, getting to play at Sundance and sort of like uh, mingle and like, you know, just, uh, you know, meet a lot of other directors. I think there was like this new sense for me of like a uh, renewed sense of like the artistry I felt in myself, like uh, with my own voice. And it's certainly like reinvigorated, like a uh, the fire to like, you know, write the films that I wanted to write. Um, I still do want to cut other people's films because like I said, I don't necessarily think that like I, you know, I certainly know I don't know know it all and know how to do the best work completely on my own. So I'm always like looking for opportunities to work on, you know, even bigger projects and work on um, other kinds of like creatively stimulating projects where I can kind of like learn from watching, you know, as I get to, you know, try and seek out more opportunities to direct, I would love to try to work on features with like, you know, directors who have been doing it for a while and like directors who like know how to put like a full feature together and who like run into a lot of the creative issues you run into like you know putting together a movie of that size sure i mean and and, and that's totally yeah. legitimate i mean it's a never-ending education from my experience 
uh, a lot of times I'll do a film and I'll feel like, you know, I just got my master's degree in this because it was, you know, the film was, you know, an improvisational comedy or this because it was a visual effects film. So, no, I mean, that's that's completely uh, that's completely a, a good outlook. What would you say to people, you know, maybe who are assistants or editors? Would you recommend that they go out and make their own film? I mean, do you, do you suggest that that's sort of a good exercise as a filmmaker? I think it's hard. Um, obviously, uh, working as an assistant, working as an editor, even, I think, you know, a lot of your time gets tied up in doing like the main project that you're working on. And it can be hard to find time even to write on the side. Um, you know, I've certainly run into that issue a lot is like, you know, I get home and I'm like, you know, I've just spent 12 hours today, like working my brain and being in like a room working on this other project. I don't know if I have it in me to to write, you know, but I, I right. definitely would encourage people if they have the bandwidth to, you know, maybe, maybe it is even like trying to write or make something, you know, smaller, a little bit more digestible on the side. I just find that it like flexes like a totally different muscle. You know, I think that like the editing thing, what I did like about it is it feels very reactive to me. It feels very reactive. You know, you have the footage and you're reacting to it and then you're kind of like piecing the story together uh, and then writing and directing feels um, well, most show writing feels like more generative, like you have to just like kind of like come up with these, you know, ideas just out of thin air. Not that editing right. can't also be that. But um, I was just saying, if you have that, you know, itch that you're trying to scratch, like I think, and, and it's not being met by the editing work at some level, then yeah, by all means, I think go and do it, you know, but I think also keeping in mind, like, things like your budget. And, you know, obviously, you have to be able to make the film within the means that you have. No, I mean, I agree. Uh, and there was, you know, and that was something that appealed to me uh, as an editor was that you were, you know, delivered this, you know, palette to work from. And uh, you didn't have to necessarily, you know, generate those original ideas. Um, you did, but it was in a different way. You, you, you sort of, like I say, you, you were working from a palette of ideas that were already on the film, and then you could construct it in a lot of different ways, uh, kind of like a puzzle. But but looking at that blank page of paper is, is tough. I mean, I, I gotta I gotta believe it. I mean, I've done it a few times and I know it's tough. So uh, hats off yeah. to uh, to the people that do it. And it's it's yeah. scary, you know. I think I had this I had this uh, epiphany. I, I was cutting a short film for for a friend, um, and we hit this moment at one point in post where I was imposing my ideas a little too hard on her, um, and we had a you know we kind of butt heads about that and. I realized like when I made Raspberry, like how she felt um, because I sort of encountered that with, you know, some of my collaborators on the film is I realized that like there were times where I maybe felt like my creative voice was getting a little like stepped on. I, I guess like it gave me empathy for how close like a project is can be to a filmmaker, to a director, you know, I will adjust like, you know, how I approach that as an editor moving forward. Right. Right. So let me ask you something, you know, back in the day when I was, you know, starting out in the business, if you wanted to make your own film, you would have to, you know, rent a 16 millimeter or a 35 millimeter camera and you'd have to buy the film and, you know, you'd have to process the film. And it was a much more involved and expensive experience. So I want to ask, what are some of the newer tools and resources you've harnessed to both learn your craft and get your film made? I spend a lot of time when I'm uh, not working, just watching like tutorials on, on 
you know, because I'm, I'm interested in trying to figure out how other people are doing these things to help, you know, say me make a film or whatever, like, you know, for instance, Da Vinci Resolve, just, you know, every now and then they have like a free, like week long class on how to color. And I took that just to understand how my colorist was working. And it helped me kind of like, you know, communicate with him. You probably know this, but like, you know, I don't really know, but I've, I hear that Avid's used to cost, you know, an arm and a leg. Now I can rent, you know, the Avid software for like $50 a month. It's like, I can, you know, I can take all that stuff I learned, like assisting and, um, you know, working on all the editorial jobs I, you know, worked and then like take that and apply it to cutting my own film. It doesn't even have to be Avid. I mean, you get to have, you know, I've cuts, I cut my last show on Final Cut X. Um, you know, I've cut plenty of stuff on Premiere. I mean, especially in editorial, there's like you have all these, you know, programs at your disposal. And then you have even, you know, cameras that are, you know, very cheap. I would say I pretty much got my start even working on anything industry related because I shot something on something stupid on my 7D like, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> right. Well, the director that I worked with on uh, on my last few films, he shot one of his original shorts on the 7D and that helped him, you know, get a feature. So, you know, and, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I guess getting back to what you you were saying earlier, if you have the drive or you feel the need, you know, to express yourself and have your own voice, the tools are out there today. And as is evidenced on, you know, in places like Vimeo or YouTube, um, there's some people making some pretty amazing stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I'm sort of blown away by like the caliber of the work that that is out there online. And it's really humbling, you know, even when we played at Sundance, you know, I, I had been only been thinking about our film in like isolation. And then all of a sudden you start watching all these other shorts and I'm like, oh, my God, like there's all these people all over the world. I mean, like, you know, there were people from, you know, all these different countries from Quebec, from Nigeria, from, you know, um, you know, Turkey. And they're all just making like incredible films with like all these unique stories and stuff. I couldn't even, I wasn't even thinking about any of that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that sort of, uh, you know, lands home for me in terms of just, you know, the kinds of things that I watch now in streaming, it's just the variety and the number of, again, different voices that are able to be heard because of these enabling technologies. It's just, it's just really cool. And you get to go places as a, as a, audience member that you you were never able to uh to go before so that's that's kind of one of the things that really excites me about all this uh new technology and stuff i was just gonna say you know and what's cool is you know it's it's not super great the kind of digital world that we're living in right this moment but you know i think with like social media and like all just not even just social media but just the internet i think you just have like so much more access to audiences like you have more direct Absolutely. access to the people who you know different groups of people who want to watch your stuff so i think it actually makes you know more stories like really pertinent and salient and like um if people are kind of worried that their story isn't going to matter to anyone i think now is like the time where like you know there is someone out there for you know this the stories that i think a lot of us want to tell yeah i agree with you 100 percent. it's it's amazing to think about the different kinds of audiences you 
that are out there. And, you know, if you really have the focus and the drive, you can find your audience and people will see your work. So, uh, you know, there's no guarantees, but put it out there and keep putting it out there and see what resonates with people. Uh, and, you know, again, that's, that's exciting stuff to me. I want to bring this back to kind of, you know, our core audience and people that want to be editors and, you know, want to learn how to, you know, what the assistant workflow is. What kind of recommendations would you have for somebody who wants to become an assistant or an editor on scripted shows? I mean, you've done it. You, you've had your own unique path. What kind of advice would you give to these people? Um, you know, I'm not saying this just because like to, to, you know, because I'm getting like paid to say this or anything. But like I, I you know, I remember meeting you at the um, the Lackpug thing when you guys first shared Master of the Workflow. And I was interested in trying to break into um, you know, assistant editing, because I wanted to try to be in the rooms when, on these bigger projects, you know. Um, and so I did, you know, I, I signed up for the class. And even before I got my first um, Avid job, even, um, you know, I, I had remember. this class for like two years and I was just like watching the lessons and I was really just trying to like immerse myself in like the world of, you know, assistant editing on a feature or on a TV show. And so honestly, by the time I got that, uh, even the interest from my post producer who wanted to bring me on that show, I felt like I had like the vocabulary with which to, to talk back to them and then show that like I kind of, you know, of course I was a bit, you know, I was green. You know, I remember my post producer telling me on, um, she was like, I'm not really worried because I know that like you will get it done yeah. and I know that it will be good. And if it takes a little longer, I know you'll just figure it out. I think it took, you know, I just needed to express that, like, I had the desire to do it. And I, on every job, I think I try to express to my editors and express to the post producers or the directors or whoever that, like, I just want to, you know, I want to learn. And I try to just, you know, provide the most value to these editors. So I think people should go in with that, you know, for at least for me with that approach and then also just being humble. You know, I don't think anyone, I think everyone appreciates the humility. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No one wants to, you know, somebody who walks around and toots their own horn in, horn in editorial, especially not, uh, you know, when you're first starting out. Alrighty, listen, Julian, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's been really cool to watch your journey from when we first met a few years back. And now you've got your own film that was, uh, you know, that was accepted to Sundance. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. I know it's going to be good stuff. And uh, if you haven't seen it, Raspberry is a great film. And congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. <laughs>